Welcome to the Comfort Feed, Season 2, Episode 9 and 3 quarters, where we will be disappearing down the platform of leftover food. My name is Juliana Edelman. And I'm Catherine Cleary, so get your pen ready because we have a Legends of Leftovers episode. Go right into talking about... Meal planning and compost. Yeah, yeah, all the sexy subjects. Uh, all the sexy subjects. Yes, let's okay. let's start with compost, Catherine. Tell me about your compost heap. Well, it's kind of sexy. It's hot. It's really hot at the moment. Uh, I just checked the temperature about ten minutes ago on a cold winter's night, and it's at forty degrees because I am, I'm hot composting. Um, anybody who's tried this, I bought a very expensive compost bin. I had to build it up to various levels, but basically all of our food waste now can go into it because it's so hot. We can put cooked food into it, which is a game changer in our house. And, uh, and it's great. And I'm hoping that I'll never have to buy a plastic bag of compost in a garden center again, because it'll all be in my compost bin. And can you sit around it, keeping yourselves warm and having outdoor <laughs> drinks with friends or... Uh, no, it's stinky and steamy, so not the kind of friends you'd want to really invite for. Yeah, let's sit around the compost heap. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, mean, I quite, li- I quite like the smell of it, but n- yeah, other people have mentioned that it's it's a bit funky. So <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> so a select probably <laughs> niche. Yeah. Other compost fans out there do come over for a sit around my steaming compost. <laughs> anyway moving on from such interesting topics juliana you uh, like what are we going to do about this we've got another tsunami of food coming into our homes uh for christmas i wonder will the panic buying be as panicky as it was earlier in 2020 or or are we over that now I, i wonder if i mean i think obviously people are not having as many people over probably if they're following the guidelines and Possibly also maybe, as Odile will suggest in a second, we'll talk about our guests. As one of our guests will suggest in a minute, um, maybe people's habits have changed a little bit as a consequence of, mm. you know, having restrictions for, for a long period of time in the spring. Um, but yeah, so we're going to hear, we've got two guests in this sort of mini in betweeny episode. Um, and they're going to talk about different ways of dealing with leftovers extras unexpected foods on the turn things you bought too much of things you had too much of things you harvested too much of all that good stuff yeah so it's not just for christmas this episode but it's probably particularly relevant for christmas um i spoke to shawnee sullivan who's a uh, co-partner in Mulligan Grocers, a lovely uh, gastropub in Stony Batter, because she put out, you, you spotted her website first, didn't you, during the first lockdown? Yeah, she had a, she set up a website basically with some recipes to deal with, you know, extra food that you've got, how to, how to pickle it or turn it into something else. I was particularly struck, although I never have extra milk because my children drink a lot of milk. Um, she had a recipe for making um, sweetened condensed milk, which had never occurred to me, but is, of course, a very good way of making a long life product out of your milk. So you can check that out mm-hmm. on our website. Uh, so Shoni's on and she's great. Um, and you also found somebody from the Environmental Protection Agency. Yeah. So, yes, I spoke to Odile LeBaloc from the Environmental Protection Agency, where she's worked for a long time, but only really 
I think in the past decade has she been working on issues around waste and her focus is on the EPA's no food waste campaign. So uh, she had lots of household tips, but they're also working with food producers and retailers. And um, they did a bit of a study uh, that we'll hear about during the first lockdown. Yeah, all about our food habits. So I started out with Shawneen, um, where she, I tried to, to squeeze the Eeyore theme song in here, but it felt funnier. It was funnier in my head than it was in reality because she talks about triaging your vegetables. So I'd like everybody who remembers Eeyore and loved it as much as I do to have that in your head every time you open your fridge door. Imagine the Eeyore theme tune. Um, since she's had that conversation, I've gone down a rabbit hole of finding the Eeyore theme tune, one of my favorite TV shows. Um, I tried to play it over what she was saying, but it, it just it, it it was strange. But I might just I might just play a little bit now. And Go then for it. The Eeyore theme tune. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we hear from Shawnee from El Mulligan Grocer about trying to save your vegetable drawer from oblivion. Some of the, you know, it was triaging. I talk, I talk about it in terms of triaging. We were triaging the walk-in because there were things like, you know, very soft produce that was going to have to, we were going to have to make a decision on straight away, you know. And then there were kind of things that were. They were the most critical to talk in triage terms. So yeah. Yeah. Get the strawberry yeah. stat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this is it. <laughs> Blitz all of the raspberries, you know. Um, you know, we and we don't have a massive freezer. That's not the kind of kitchen that we have. So we have a domestic freezer that we use to store ice cream. And, um, and so we didn't have the ability to kind of, um, to do that. We didn't have the ability to freeze things uh, for use later. And we had started to get some lovely um, early kind of berries and things like that from uh, my business partner, Michael, um, tends to our allotment it's quite it's a, it's a hobby allotment it's definitely not supplying you know uh, there's no fear of, you know keelings aren't quaking in their boots at the the output of our allotment or anything it's more like you know we grow a few different kinds of interesting things that you know then we put on as specials and you know we kind of focus a lot on you know putting veg and fruit that we grow up there on as vegetarian specials you know so um so we had a few of those kind of things that we were that were coming then into fruition throughout lockdown so you know like michael would ring me and he'd be like i like all the berries need to come off the off the bushes like you know what what are we going to do and so mm. it was about coming up with the ways of being creative about the preservation of them which wasn't going to be like you know there's only so much jam you can make you know yeah. and there's only so yeah. much you know there's only you know there's only so many pickled onions that you're going to yeah. use what was the weirdest combination you you came up with <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest successful time. combination or the weirdest unsuccessful? Well, both, both, there were, definitely both. There were a few. Because <laughs> uh, that was the other thing that, you know, like at that stage then, by the time we were getting into things, I was like, oh God, you know, like I'm going to have to start eating some of this at home. Um, so no, definitely. <laughs> the ras- We started to, we made a vinegar um, using raspberry juice and some apple cider that we had, because that's the other thing. We had a massive amount of beer like not full kegs because even the craft brewers were absolutely amazing at taking back full kegs mm-hmm. and 
you know, like, and, and it was heartbreaking, you know, like a lot, I, I've heard so many stories about people having to dump beer and things like that, but mm. we had like, you know, middling amounts of kegs left, you know, like, the, mm-hmm. you know, where you've got a, a few pints left in the line or something like that. So mm-hmm. we made a lot of vinegars. Um, so the most, uh, the one I liked the most was I made, a, we had some apple cider left and um, I made a vinegar, I put the vinegar mother in that and then uh, probably just about two weeks before it was ready, I had some raspberries that weren't, like, they weren't whole raspberries, they weren't kind of very, you know, nice. The, the ones that were beautiful kind of, you know, showgirl raspberries went into liqueurs and things like that because, you know, <laughs> uh, but, but the ones that were kind of the ugly ducklings got um, mashed up and I put that into the vinegar and then we used that to pickle some um, pickling onions. Like the, Probably the worst was I let cucumbers just ferment too long mm. and they were just like Fancy. they just don't i just let them go too long and i just yeah. kind of they just they came went to, to meet mush. you at the door basically and uh, yeah, yeah like i <laughs> i actually had to my my partner <laughs> my partner Dave uh refused to take them to the bin because they were just so <laughs> and then even when i put them in our compost bin i had to move the compost bin away from the vents <laughs> the inlet to the house because she was like i can still smell them they're absolutely rotten so like yeah, yeah. they were probably the yeah. yeah yeah if you have to move it over county line it's probably not a cause yeah. success basically yeah no <laughs> no crumbs none of us wants our food to become a biohazard we need some expert advice juliana found the very woman Okay, my name is Odile Lebelac and I work in the Environmental Protection Agency where I lead the food waste prevention team. You know, I I have a degree in zoology and I've also got a master's in environmental science. So it was something I did want to do in my career. And I was lucky enough when I joined the EPA, I was working in a section on gathering environmental data. And, you know, I suppose I moved into managing waste data and waste reporting. And that kind of led to maybe about 10, 15 years ago, there was a transition into this waste prevention that, you know, managing waste is one thing, but we really need to reduce the amounts that we're generating in the first place. And so a new um, waste prevention program was established in the EPA. We are trying to provide useful information to householders. I think the key thing here is that people don't tend to think about food waste. You know, when you talk to people, a lot most people think they only waste a small amount of food. But we know that there's around a quarter of a million tons of food waste coming from Irish households. And, um, you know, you often get a lot of debate around people trying to do things to reduce their impact on, on the planet in terms of climate change. And they might be considering things like, you know, buying an electric car or even something just like changing your light bulbs at home, that kind of thing. But in fact, you know, reducing your food waste is one of the really simple things that you can do. And while it might be a bit difficult because it involves changing behavior, it's nearly free. It doesn't cost you anything. And in fact, it will save money as well. You know, we estimate it's about 700 euro a year. The average household is probably a lot more than that. But, you know, just to kind of put a monetary value on it. So not only would you be helping the planet, but you're also saving money, too. What's kind of the the situation as per food waste in Ireland, would you say, one of the more significant environmental waste problems? What people don't realise is that, you know, there's more to food waste than wasted food. And in fact, food waste has quite a significant um, contribution to global greenhouse gases. And in fact, globally, it's responsible for about 10% of global greenhouse gas emissions. And um, I suppose that what, what you have to take into account with food 
is that when you know you take into account all the resources that go to produce the food and get the food to our table all of that is wasted as well when you throw it away. So it, it's not necessarily an environmental pollution issue in terms of the waste. It's more to do with the impact of it. And in fact, you know, studies have shown there's a project drawdown, um, which is a US-based uh, 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 project, but they've estimated that reducing food waste is probably around one of the top things that you can do to reduce your impact on climate change. And do you think the, the lockdown has had any impact on food waste uh, either nationally or globally yeah well definitely you know we're hearing reports of this all along there obviously there have been you know globally there have been sort of supply chain gaps and things like that but we did a, a an attitudes and behaviors survey back in september and we specifically included some questions about uh, lockdown and the first phase of lockdown if you like and um, how people were getting on and in fact most people reported a decrease in food waste and an increase in all of those you know planning behaviors that lead to reduce food waste so people were using lists more they were checking what they had more and then they were trying to make their food last longer obviously you know people weren't going out shopping as often that kind of thing so I guess one of those things we were trying to get across was look those are the behaviors that lead to reduce food waste so we're trying to encourage people to maintain those behaviors if they can and just to maybe um, reiterate those behaviors what do you see as the most significant things that you can do to prevent food waste yeah you know meal planning is quite a significant thing the reasons we waste food can be summed up by we buy too much and we don't use it on time and so the key is to make sure that what you are buying is 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 going to be used and you know having a shopping list is actually a really really good um it's an oldie but a goodie keep to your shopping list you know i think the key thing is nobody actually wastes food on purpose where you know nobody sets out to waste food and it's kind of a byproduct of plans changing and just you know when you are shopping your priorities are something that everyone will eat and it's healthy as possible and it's easy to prepare or quick to prepare so you know you're not thinking about the wasting side of things and I suppose that's where the Stop Food Waste program comes in we're trying to get people just to highlight behaviours that you can just build into your everyday life and even if you change a couple of behaviours that'll even go some way to reducing your food waste. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I that I'm always struck by in the supermarket that seems to me to be a generator of two kinds of waste is the the desire to package things in, you know, plastic wrap of a set quantity of fruit or vegetables or in a net bag. And maybe either you don't want that quantity because you don't need it or, um, you know, for example, an orange has become rotten in the middle of the bag, which you can't see when you're picking it out. Um, or um, you've also just got the packaging that you also have to dispose of, which is another kind of waste. Um, so is there any movement on that, do you think? Yeah, it's the eternal question. And in fairness, the retailers have been addressing this because they know there is a consumer movement against packaging. Packaging actually has quite an important role in keeping food fresher for longer. I think you know what people mightn't realize it isn't just plastic it's you know it's breathable it you know it's to do with releasing the ethylene gases or not releasing them as the case may be and so you know they kind of are trying to improve the technology while 
meeting that consumer demand to sell loose fruit and veg. Some of the retailers did try selling loose fruit and veg. It wasn't that popular. So, you know, it's back to yet again. One of my things is when I am talking to consumers and say, well, would you buy them? Have you bought them? You know, so making kind of making asking for it and not buying it is is we have to we have to follow through with that. But I think one of the other things is that kind of, yeah, the portioning, you know, is quite difficult for small households. So I know in some uh, retailers, what they have tried is maybe portioning different things together. You know, like you might get a, a soup mix, you might get some carrots, parsnips and a, a turnip or an onion or, you know, and I think they're, they're constantly trying. They're, they're very much driven by consumers and what consumers want. And can you talk to me a little bit about food storage when when you bring stuff home and you want to make, you know, the la- make things last the, the best, uh, the best that you can? Do you have any specific tips? Yeah, well, actually, if anyone is is kind of scratching their head wondering, we have a resource on the stopfoodwaste.ie website called the A to Z of foods. And it actually has, you know, set out for very common ingredients, how best to choose them, how best to store them and whether they can be frozen or not. And in fact, you know, take when you take things home, I think some of the key things is, you know, don't pile all your fruit into a fruit bowl. Don't put bananas with your with your other fruit because bananas actually emit a gas that makes all the other fruit go off um, more quickly. Obviously, if you want to ripen fruit quickly, put your bananas beside them. But, you know, sometimes it could be like split up a few things, put some a few things in the fridge, maybe keep them cooler so they don't ripen as quickly. And that way you're staggering. And in general, the packaging that they're in does that job. So keep them in the packaging and sometimes check on the packaging. There's actually quite useful storage information there as well. One of our other other tips, which, you know, is our campaign at the moment, is if you find you're not getting to your food, pop it in the freezer. The freezer is actually one of the most important things you can use in the home. And, you know, you can kind of make it work for you to keep your food fresher for longer you know we were talking about um on social media a couple of months ago about freezing bread because bread is actually one of the most wasted things people always throw away bread and you know bread's so versatile you can freeze it the minute you get it or when you're coming to the end of it it's brilliant and you know there was a a few vocal people on social media kind of going oh well I don't want soggy sandwiches I can't possibly do do that and you know kind of say have you ever actually tried it you know make butter frozen bread in the morning make your sandwich and it's actually perfectly fresh and not soggy so you know there was kind of this debate um and you know I kind of said but if you find it is soggy for you that's grand but for me it works and and I suppose that's it's not necessarily the right or the wrong way it's what works for us that avoids us throwing it away actually and I should have asked you that that would be my last question what are the most wasted do you have a sense of what what people are most likely to throw away yeah in fact we did ask that in our survey um and people said bread is the most wasted thing and then after that uh, you know, and it's no surprises they're all perishable you know it's vegetables fruit and salads they're the things that people throw away but in fact you know one of the the top reasons people said that they throw away food was that it had passed its use by date so you know we did what we did find was people were very aware of what use by date meant. I think, you know, we're above the European average in understanding the difference between use by and best before dates. And people very much said they did check dates, but they also said then that they threw things away because it passed its use by date. So I suppose that was where we were coming from with this campaign 
was to remind people you can freeze something up to the use by date. I think, you know, there used to be advice that it was on day of purchase, but, you know, cold technology and cold chain supply chain has got so, so sophisticated now that you can freeze something up until the use by date. So if that, if that was one thing we want people to take from this campaign, it's don't get caught out by your use by date. One time of the year, I suppose, that is probably particularly significant for food waste is Christmas uh, because people do buy in a lot of extra food. And we know that we have additional restrictions this year and people's Christmas is going to look different. Do you have any particular advice around Christmas and food waste? Yeah, I suppose the advice is going to change a little bit because normally I think what people are expecting and and it, even though it never happens, people buy more food for unexpected visitors. And, you know, I think it, we, that would kind of be our advice is if you actually take a step back and say how many people call unexpectedly nowadays, it, 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 you know, it's not like back in days, days gone by. So, you know, sort of maybe not to buy for all those 20 people that may or may not call. But I think, you know, be a bit more um, planned interaction with people. I think the other thing is that people tend to buy, you know, overbuy in terms of because the shops close, you know, and it's yet again, just remind yourself they only close for a couple of days that they're not gone, you know, for a week. And it's certainly not to stock up on perishables that, you know, things that will go off quickly. And if you do have a gathering with a few people around don't put everything out all at once you you know because that's another way a lot of you know nibbles tend to go soft they've been out on a tray for long and I suppose our number one tip actually with the season coming up is use what's in your freezer now to make a bit of space in there and because we it is a time of the year when there's loads of leftovers so start using up the things that you did put in with the best of intentions and not not um, end up having to clear them all out to make room for whatever's coming up at the Christmas period just plan on using it within a couple of months so that you're not left wondering whether you can eat it or not and and not to use your freezer as a a middle step to the bin It boils down to thinking more about our food and that's something Seanine Sullivan saw happening around her in Stony Batter. During the first lockdown she started a website full of delicious ideas for surplus food does she think that love of the leftover is going to stick? I, I hope so. I really hope so because, I mean, I definitely in this last lockdown, from my own business perspective, we started to have a little grocer section and we sourced mainly from the North County Dublin and the Boyne Valley. So kind of, you know, it was you know, uh, Clonani Farm and Bella McKinney and we had um, some of Iona Farm's stuff, um, their baby veg and um, the Drummond House garlic and things like that. And it was really interesting how much more interested people were in the food once they learned how close it was grown. It was kind of really interesting. So, you know, you had these Romanesco cauliflowers, which are very interesting to look at anyway. They look like aliens, you know? So, But um, people were even more interested when they realised that they were grown in the knoll. And I think that that is one thing that for me has come out of all of this is firstly the absolute tenacity and resilience of our growers and our farmers who already are working so hard, but they're pivoting to being able to supply a retail ready product. Mm-hmm. as opposed to something that needs to be broken down in a kitchen and kind of, you know, processed by chefs, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
people, but people have risen to that challenge as well. You know, mm-hmm. I think people have spent a lot of time cooking and kind of honing kind of skills that would have seemed really out of reach before, you know, mm-hmm. where, yeah. you know, people had the time to, to slow down and, um, and to like, to go back to the fermentation, like fermentation, it's, it is, it's, it's tedious at mm-hmm. times, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you, you chop your first head of cabbage and you're like, okay, that was, you know, that was grand. But like, once you get onto your fourth or fifth, you're like, oh, holy God, it's never going to end. <laughs> you know, so, and the, and the squashing, you know, like yeah. it's great for stress relief, but you're like, you yeah. know, I haven't left the house. I have no upper body strength, you know. Um, <laughs> Gyms are closed. I better get, I better get fermenting. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. will be updating the website for Christmas, but there's one family favourite that doesn't need a recipe. There's, there's only so much turkey people want to eat. You know, I think people overestimate their enthusiasm for turkey. <laughs> so, like, you know, absolutely getting a smaller cut to begin with, thinking ahead to kind of, well, what am I going to eat on Stephen's day? What am I going to, you know, and I don't know, ever since I was a child, my, my mom has always made like a breakfast hash the next day mm-hmm. with all of the ingredients, including the Brussels sprouts from the previous day. Christmas dinner so, for breakfast. It's Christmas dinner for breakfast, but it's so delicious. Like you put an yeah. egg on it and all of a sudden it's like brunch. So, yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah. that would be kind of, for me, it's the most tried and true, tried and tested. Yeah. But, uh, I got, I actually got an air fryer recently. Um, and I've been really surprised at the kind of things that, you know, go together really well, like a bhajie, but you know, but you can do an air fryer. So my latest thing has been everything, but I should, you know, if there's extra veg or whatever, shred it up, kind of, you know, put a bit of ground flour in there and it's, it's kind of like a bhajie. Absolutely. Yeah, no, crispy, crispy anything is delicious. And you can sneak everything in there. You can sneak Brussels sprouts in there. Like I always like, cause that's the other thing people, I know people who hate Brussels sprouts who still buy them at Christmas yeah. because you have to have them. It's like it's yeah. like okay, I'll stick them in, and also because they are inexpensive. Because I mean, that's a whole different story about kind of um, you know how vegetables are completely underpriced uh-huh. and thus undervalued in like at Christmas, especially in supermarkets. But people will throw like a forty-nine cent net of Brussels sprouts into their trolley, and then they're like stuck with them. So like uh, like. A recipe I think I, I did years ago was I just used them like mini cabbages. They yeah. are mini cabbages, so I just shredded them and I used them in coleslaw. Yeah. And people who didn't like Brussels sprouts were like, "Oh my god!" I don't. I didn't call it coleslaw. I called it remoulade. That was the other thing. <laughs> so I was like, I got all the extra like the cores of the root veg and things like that. You know the things that might yeah. you know um, that I hadn't stopped. used, and I shredded the whole lot of it and uh, put it in a remoulade with some whole grain mustard and stuff and. Uh, and people that didn't like sprouts were like, oh God, that, that coleslaw is delicious. Oh, you've, you've given me, you give me a lot of inspiration for my veg drawer now. Cause I actually, I just looked at it before I got on the Zoom call and there's a little bit of lurky stuff there that needs to be used. But I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking celeriac badgy. I might just give that a go now. But, oh, amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, just great. Yeah, celeriac and... is such a wonder veg. Yeah, yeah. Like it's so incredible. Yeah. It's so, it's so versatile. Yeah, so... no, that's dope. Okay, I've got inspiration yeah. for dinner. Are you, you have to do um, an, a Christmas waste food aid website or will you be on, will people follow you on Twitter? Where's the best place to get your yeah, inspiration? Yeah, so we Twitter, need it. I'm going to, I'm going to 
try and update my website. I've been very lax about it. We're kind of still hovering somewhere around July in terms of the veg that's there because I was updating it weekly and like I would kind of the some recipes would move out as they kind of came out of season so I'd be very poor at updating it since um the endless pivoting started right. so yeah no absolutely I'm gonna update it for some Christmas um zero waste ideas and yeah I mean definitely um I'm active enough on Twitter <laughs> so yeah too active yeah. my partner might say but yeah <laughs> yeah so um yeah. but i will I'll, i will be updating it um updating the website shawnine agrees with odile planning meals is key but so too is a shift in attitude my, my biggest one bigger bigger than that even is because i mean sometimes sometimes if you if you have an allotment or if you have people you know if you if you have people who are very generous with their allotments or with their gardens or people that grow veg you know and or you just end up with more than you bargained for mm-hmm. um for whatever reason is valuing it yes. like thinking about it in terms of like okay there is toil associated with this and it has been a heart skull for someone to grow it and it's been really difficult for people to get in the fields this year and it's been difficult for people to get people to work this year and all of these things so it's like looking at it and being like okay yes this is potentially compost mm-hmm. or you know like how do i value you know the time and the effort and the the toil that's been put into this I love yeah. the triage. I love the triage metaphor. That's great. You know, which, which yeah. is the most critical yeah, patient triage. here? <laughs> triage your That's fridge. It. I have time. I have time on this, but no time on the lettuce. You know, so like <laughs> prioritize the prioritize yeah. the stuff that's gonna wilt first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Stand back, pumpkin. It's 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 all about the lettuce today. You can wait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll get your time in the sun. So did we did, did you take notes from that episode? I think I learned loads this week. I'm uh, I'm glad we did that one. Yeah, um, I particularly learned that even though I've been going to the grocery store for, I would say at least twenty five years, um, I clearly don't know how to unpack my groceries in the way to best preserve them because I take all the fruit out, I wash it, and I put it into bowls. And of course, there's always three apples at the bottom of the bowl that are soft. And um, I mean, I usually just turn them into applesauce, but at the same time, yeah, I'd never, this is going to sound like this is the stupidest thing ever to say. It never occurred to me that the packaging served any purpose aside from just (laughs) grouping it together. (laughs) Um, And I have to say, I... um, I learned the banana thing about bananas giving off a gas. I think I might have seen that out of the corner of my eye on the internet somewhere and thought, hmm, that's fake news. That can't be true. But obviously it is. <laughs> it is. Um, if Odile says it is, it must be. So my mom always. Yeah, I was going to say my mom always put the bananas in a brown paper bag with peaches that were hard. Oh, so, so she knew that, that. So she, yeah, she knew the banana. She knew the banana trick. I don't. I don't often buy peaches here, except for in a very limited season, because they're usually hmm. not that nice. They're Whereas they're like stones, yeah, expensive stones. Yeah, they're lovely in America, though. So um, that's yeah. something I miss. But yeah. yes, to ripen the peaches or the tomatoes. Jedi masters of food, um, non-food waste. At this point, I think we're we're nearly there. Um, on we go into. The festive season, which is what yes. we need to talk about next, Juliana, yes, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Next <laughs> week's all singing, all dancing. Here, I'm going to jingle don't something. Buy. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh no, that that's just been mean. <laughs> my jingle bells, oh, there's nothing wrong with them. The cats jingle them to wake me up in the morning. They sound perfectly jingly. <laughs> anyway, yes. Oh, that so don't, cool. uh, don't, yeah. don't don't buy too much food so that you end up with food waste. But do listen to next week's episode because what have we got? We've got loads of stuff. We have, we have. the the long-awaited return of Rory O'Connor O'Gorman. If you don't know who he is, then you need to go back and listen to season one. Yep. Go back, fall in love with Rory. My youngest son walked in when I was listening to him earlier and said, oh, it's Rory O'Connor Gorman. He's so funny. And he is. He's very funny. And he's particularly funny. He will be particularly funny next week. It's our it's our version of the yeah, it's our version of the Santa Land Diaries, I think. <laughs> anyway, yes, we're yeah. going bookish. Uh, who have we got? Former guest Even Sweeney who's going to talk Little Women. Um, that very Christmassy uh, Christmas dinner scene in Little Women. She's going to talk to me about that. Um, we, we have, have Aoife Vrenach, fresh from her newfound celebrity with her list of dirty books in the Irish Times, which you should read immediately, and her go and listen to her podcast, Censored, uh, which is excellent, all about censored books. But she's not going to be, there's no filth I don't, in this one. I don't think there's getting dirty with the turkey, but yeah. you'll, you'll have yeah. to listen in and find out. Great. So Aoife is going to be with us and we're going to have a little ramble through the dead because it has to be done really and there's a lot of dinner in it. There's a big dinner in the dead, so we might have a chat about that. Um, I'm unearthing my mother's Christmas pudding recipe. And having faithfully cooked latkes finally today, I will be talking to my dad who uh, dressed up as Santa Claus but happens to not be Christian. Um, Did you have to cook the latkes in order to pass through the the prism that would allow you to talk to your dad about that? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, had to, I had to cook the latkes because otherwise I missed the annual smell of a lot of hot oil and frying potato and yeah. there's really just nothing like it. They're delicious. So yeah, I had the latkes. I'll probably have a stomachache because a lot of greasy potato can give you a stomachache. But it was worth <laughs> it. It was definitely worth it. <laughs> With or without the applesauce. And I'm going to, we have to fade out with the Eeyore theme this week just because, and go and watch Eeyore, everybody who hasn't watched it. It's great. I hope it's, I hope it's aged well. I mean, George Clooney has, so, you know, hopefully yeah, the series has as well. I'm sure, I'm sure it's brilliant. And we'll just thank um, uh, Seanine Sullivan and Odile LeBellac. For more information, you can visit the EPA's website, stopfoodwaste.com. Odile suggests that A to Z of how to deal with your ingredients, how to pick them, how to preserve them, how to recycle them or store them for longer term. And you can check out Seanine Sullivan's website where she has lots of tips for pickling and preserving things. And you can test out sweetened condensed milk and be making yourself lovely Vietnamese coffees over Christmas. SeaneSullivan.com is where you'll find all those great recipes and follow her on Twitter. As she said, she's quite the Twitter presence um, and very interesting and funny and a, a very good Twitter person to, to go and follow. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's it. We just thank Ross Hannon for our music. And oh, oh, can we preview? We have a we have a music special. We didn't even say anything about that. Oh, we have a, a song that has been composed on our behalf. Okay, well, it's like the it's like an orange you find at the bottom of your stocking. You think oh, it's all empty, and then oh, there's this something there. So that's what this song exactly. is, and we'll give you a little taste of it. Uh, it's a specially commissioned original 
song from my husband Liam. Actually, it's a chorus of Liam's because he's done some tricky stuff with um, recording several versions of his own voice, which is very He's strange. having a Zoom meeting with himself <laughs> seven times. Yes. <laughs> being, John Malf- G- being John Malkovich version of uh, the 12 months of COVID. Uh, so we'll give you a little taste of it now. Never five warning. Four hours on Zoom, three COVID storm. What a pop, pop, pop. They'll be open now by Christmas, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, we've got some letters coming in, Juliana. Stat, you've got to get your scrubs on. We're playing out with the Eeyore theme song tonight. I'm sorry, Ross, we're not using the comfort piece. I'm going to turn it into soup really fast. <laughs> okay, that'll work, I think. 